Better and Longer with the Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. We are at the very end of June right now, and the heat has kicked in, and I am one very happy camper. I love uh, summer. I love, 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 love summer. I love the heat. I love the water fun. So it's been good for me. I hope you have been making the best out of your summer. Remember, it's hot outside, so you should be doing a couple things. Exercising in the water. Find a cool, fabulous place that exercise feels fun and it's non-life-threatening, you know, when it's in the 90s and 100s, you should be exercising in the water. You should be wearing appropriate clothes. My gosh, folks, you have really responded to the hashtag tank top mandate and hashtag pantsless running. I love your photos. I love how many of you have bought shorts for the very first time and are not only wearing them to exercise, but wearing them out in a casual scenario. Because you know what? Even if you're not exercising in the 90s, then when the temperature is in the 90s, it's miserable to be wearing pants. So remember, you're, you deserve comfort. You deserve high function. You deserve to be a person in the summer that has proper attire. You deserve your arms to be free and your legs to be free. And I, if you didn't understand it before, trust me, nobody's looking at your knees or your elbows or your triceps. We all just want to see your happy face. And if you feel good because you're wearing the right thing, everything will go better in your life. But I've seen so many wonderful posts. Please keep posting your photos with that hashtag, those hashtags. I want to see your arms. I want to see your legs. I want to see how much you're enjoying the freedoms you're allowing yourself because because um, I'm bullying you <laughs> into getting rid of your sleeves and uh, leg covering. So that makes me very happy. But again, exercise outdoors, not only in the appropriate places, meaning water, but at the appropriate time, get in an early morning workout or a late night workout and go indoors. Utilize the health club. Utilize my core training DVD, Flip Flop Abs. Just plug me in Get your core workout at home in your living room or in your bedroom, wherever. It's all good, but train indoors and then uh, enjoy the outdoors as you can. I certainly am. And speaking of gyms, my uh, the gym I attend has a free membership thing for the summer for teens. So I think it's between ages of 13 and 17, but my kids are going to the gym with me. And Parker is just 13, Ginger's 15, and I've uh, signed her up for this free teen membership for the two summers in the past, but both summers she went to the gym once. She took a class. Um, last year she took a Zumba class and it was not good. And I actually took the class with her and boy, this instructor had no rhythm and she was kind of awkward and you know, I bless her. I'm happy she was giving it a go, but I, my daughter was not very happy and then she just didn't go back. And so this year, both of my kids have been pursuing fitness, not only through athletics, but I have a full-blown personal training studio in my house. I don't use it for personal training. I haven't in a very, very long time. But I still have the beauty of this full-blown gym at my home. And uh, they've both been using it. And my elliptical broke. And so my son, who really likes the elliptical, said he would go to the gym with me to use theirs. And it was interesting because it was very much outside his comfort zone. He likes to exercise in private. 
Doesn't like anyone to look at him, much like you guys, much like many of you. Now, Robert Schultz is another story. He's one of my hotties, and Robert Schultz likes to exercise in as little clothing as possible with as many people watching as possible. This I have learned. Um, (laughs) Other than that, um, yeah, my kids, we had to have the talk. So Parker, I take to the gym, and he, I, I show him there's three different ellipticals. You can try any of them or all of them, and he got on one. It's called the ARC Trainer. He really enjoyed it, so... He's been committed to doing that, and I got him doing... They have a thing called the line. It's Nautilus-style equipment. It's fairly well-rounded. It's chest and back and shoulders and lats and biceps and triceps and hamstring and quads and so forth. So they give you a little card with your name on it. The Florence supervisor, they set the seats to exactly what height you need to be, and then they set the weights, and they take you through the line, and you gradually progress. Now, mind you, there have been cases where some of these folks have had some ego and tortured my friends. My friend said, oh, I did the line and then I couldn't, I couldn't function the next day. I was in so much pain. So <laughs> I brought Parker with his new card over to the supervisor. He was about uh, 22 years old, tall guy with a beard. And I go, hi, this is my son, Parker. He's 13. I said, this is his first time doing the line and I expect you not to cripple him. Tomorrow, he needs to be able to stand up, sit down, brush his hair without pain. Do you understand? He goes, Yes, ma'am. So I said, thanks. Have fun. So I didn't reference my credentials or any of those things. I just gave him the stern, the stern mommy look and my expectations, and they met it perfectly. So Parker's gotten into that. And the great thing about this equipment, especially when used properly, is you don't have the you don't have much of the risk of bad form, and you don't have the risk of dropping a dumbbell on your toe. And you know, he's a five foot ten. Very strong young man, but um, free weights can be dangerous. So I've been trying to keep him to body weight exercises, push-ups, squats, lunges, planks, and things. But I, I feel comfortable with him doing the line equipment at um, a mild pace. But anyways, so he goes. And then Ginger, she did one class. She really liked it. And I and then I told her, I said, listen, if you're not going to go to the gym for more than this one time, when fall comes and this free membership ends, I'm not paying for you to have a new membership. Now, mind you, we have all the equipment at home and she's on the cheerleading team and she does a lot of other stuff. So it's not that she's at risk of being unfit, but I think she's motivated to keep the membership. So when we were going yesterday, Ginger was telling me that she was a little apprehensive and she didn't want anyone to look at her. And so I had to have that talk. And this is one I thought would be relevant to have with you guys again, because when you go into a fitness center, nobody has time or energy to look at you. Most everybody is really concerned with what they're doing, the, the function of exercise, and probably a little self-conscious and minding their own business. So please don't think anyone cares at all about who you are and or what you're doing in the gym because nobody does. Uh, it just it isn't how things go. And really, the people that are paying attention, usually it's with high respect because you're in the gym right? You're there. And, you know, I told my kids, I said, some people come in and they're 400 pounds or severely obese. And they're very nervous about being there. Oh, I shouldn't be here. I don't look the part. I'm not super fit. But the purpose is that you're stepping into that gym. Everyone is excited for you. And, uh, you know, really, nobody should really care much about what other people do unless they're your family and you love them and you, you just care for their survival and longevity. But, you know, I, I've certainly heard people say, oh, that guy needs to put down the burger or that girl needs to get some exercise. Well, if you are morbidly obese and you show up 
to get some exercise, you're fulfilling everybody's wishes. So again, there's nothing to be embarrassed of. Being embarrassed, maybe you say, if you're a lush and you're out on the town and you're drunk and people see you that way, maybe that's a good thing to be embarrassed. If you're walking down the street smoking, absolutely be humiliated by that disgusting behavior that wreaks havoc on your own health and everyone's around you. But when you walk into a gym, you are the person doing the absolute right thing so everybody admires that. So, you know, it's kind of like the the tank top mandate. Nobody cares about your arms. Nobody cares if you're not perfect in the gym. We're just happy you're there. And so I, I, I put my kids through this and, they, you know, I think it helped them. I think it helped just remove that layer of anxiety that they had had. And then the other thing I tried to get them started with, which, again, I think is relevant to repeat to you, is that... You know, the worst piece of equipment in the gym, people ask me a lot, lot, which one do you hate? And I said, well, I don't hate any of them, but the worst piece of equipment is the one you're not using. And so I told them, listen, guys, you're going to go in there and you'll find a piece of equipment you feel comfortable with, or you'll find a little routine. And it's nice to get comfortable with things. I want you to do that. But down the road, you know, you're only 13, 15 now in your thirties, you're going to want something else. You're going to be going for some goal. Maybe it's an athletic goal. Maybe you're getting rid of pain. Maybe you want to get better abs or whatever it is. But you're going to branch out as time goes on because your your needs, your wants are expanding. So why wait for that? You know, if you can get over the hurdle of wanting to stick within this tiny little box in your quote unquote comfort zone, if you could just start branching out now, then for your whole life, you're going to have access to all of the equipment, to all of the opportunities. And fitness fitness and fitness are way cooler now than they were when I got started. When I was 14, we had dumbbells and we had the Nautilus-style equipment, but we certainly didn't have the gauntlet, the step mill. We didn't even have an elliptical. We didn't have uh, these boot camp classes. We didn't have the battle ropes. We didn't have all this stuff. BOSU, we didn't have that. So reach outside of your box now And the sooner you get comfortable with the new stuff, the longer you'll have to enjoy the benefit of using it. So again, I talk to my kids about this, but it's the stuff that I think everyone needs to to be reminded of. Please, if you're a member of a health club or a fitness um, class or whatever, branch out, try new things. And, you know, not only are you challenging your body in new ways and getting your body to respond because it's being challenged in a variety of ways, you will... Uh, avoid overuse injuries, and hopefully enhance your actual enjoyment of fitness because it will never become monotonous if you don't become monotonous. And if it does become monotonous, the only person to blame is you. Got it? So under my pressure, under Fitzkohler's absolute pressure on you and your health and your body, next time you go into a fitness center, Do something you've not done before, whether it's a strength training equipment, a stretching device, or cardio. Please go give it a go. Try some balance tool. And then if you're a member of a place that offers a spinning class, do the, I don't know, Latin spinning class instead of just the regular, I I don't know, just something different. Get a racket and a ball and go play racquetball. Try soccer. Try do a cheerleading videotape. Even if you're a 52-year-old man, Turn on YouTube, learn some cheers in your living room, and I assure you, you will be better for it. And if nobody else is around to laugh at yourself, you may have a really good laugh at yourself. So lecture over. But I really, um, it's funny, my kids, they don't want to be with me. So Parker's okay being, um, he'll get on the elliptical in front of me and I get on the treadmill behind him. And so he's not 
totally averse to me, but Ginger is extremely averse. Now, mind you, we get along great. We have a wonderful relationship, but we go in the gym. She's like, you're not going to be next to me. Actually, that's right. She got on an elliptical yesterday and I got on one next to her. She goes, I'm not going to use this one. I said, why? She goes, because you're using that one. I said, well, you have your own little space. No, I don't want to be right next to you. So she went on a different type of elliptical about 10 feet from me. And that was better. And then today, Ginger told me she was going to go upstairs in the gym. It's a huge gym. I said, all right. And then Parker said he was going to go upstairs too. I go, do you want me to come upstairs? No. (laughs) So I was like, all right, bye. Have fun. So there I am. And, And for those of you who think maybe I've got it together or have some cool guy status with my kids, that is not the truth. I definitely don't have any sort of cool guy status. In fact, I'm just as hideously nerdy as all the other parents. Although I did have a big score yesterday. I took my son to get a haircut, the place we always go, but they had a new uh, secretary and Parker went in before me. He goes in to get his haircut. I come in about five minutes later and I look at him and wave and the lady says, is that your brother? And I went, "Woohoo! <laughs> thank you for asking me that question. I am his mom, but that was that was a very, very nice question to ask. So um, I may not be cool, but I, I passed for his sister yesterday. So that's what an old dog needs. Anyways, what we're going to talk about today are some of my recent races I post. The um, Ann Arbor Goddess 5K on Mother's Day, the Ann Arbor Marathon, which was the week after, and the Buffalo Marathon. And I like to tell you about these races because... I'm usually there year after year, and I want you to be exposed to the opportunities. Um, my audience is from all around the USA and the globe, and I know many of you travel to go take part in different races. You do your racecations, or you have maybe you're working on a 50 half marathons in 50 states, and you want to know. So I want to tell you all about these races. And I'm going to back up by telling you that at the end of this discussion, I'm going to let you know. I have some very sad news about goat fit. So for those of you who know my little sweet, sweet love of my life, my goat, um, I'll, I'll tell you what's going on with him after. So I'm going to start with the Ann Arbor Goddess 5K. It's uh, in Michigan, which is where Ann Arbor is, and it's produced by Epic Races. And Epic Races is owned by Eva Solomon, who has an all women's, well, almost all women's staff, but she's a very sharp cookie, a triathlete herself. And I believe she puts on close to 30 events a year and she does a bang up job on them all. I also host her Detroit um, Goddess Half Marathon, 10K, 5K in September on Belle Island in Detroit. And it's fantastic. But the 5K, they fly me in to make this 5K special. And I assure you, it is a wonderful event. And, you know, whereas 5Ks happen you know, every weekend in almost every town, and some of them are just kind of neglected. You could say there's some dude with a bullhorn, and it's it's much of a non-event. You know, you pay your 20 bucks, and you donate to charity. Maybe you get a t-shirt. It's usually a cruddy t-shirt, right? We know the t-shirts that we get on these local events. Maybe you get a medal. Maybe not. You probably aren't getting a medal if you're doing the local 5K, but this event is a local 5k with a fabulous flair to it. They make it very, very special. And, you know, I feel very flattered and happy that they think it's important to invest in me in order to invest in their athletes, the people who participate in this event, because I think cumulatively 
we make it an absolutely extraordinary morning. It's held on Mother's Day every year, and our charity partner is Miyoka, the Michigan Ovarian Cancer Alliance. And I always butcher it by saying Miyoka because M-I-O-C-A, but Miyoka. And I think we have about 1,500 participants. It's a 5K, a one mile, and we have a, a very teeny kid's dash at the beginning of those events. But the people show up on that Sunday morning, not only ready to participate, but it's a love fest. They show up and they're just happy to be there. And so many of them have connections with ovarian cancer um, survivors, patients, people we've lost. And it's a it's a 5K that means something. And, and it just, I remember standing, uh, we have, they have Zumba. Yeah, two different Zumba classes, um, Delirium. It was this girl, Del, who's very cute. I think her gym is Delirium. And there was another one, I think, that taught Zumba that morning. So people dance in front of the start slash finish line to warm up. And then they have a big pickup truck we use as my stage to elevate me so I can interact with people. And at the beginning, probably 20 minutes before kickoff, I was standing in the middle of the city on this pickup truck in the bed and there's people just surrounding me. It's not at this point where they've lined up to race. And I was talking to them about um, what the event's about and, you know, what we were, what our plans were. But I also told them how appreciative we were that they're out here supporting these um, women who have fought this evil disease. And it's one that there is no early detection for. So it's really tough. It's very tough to be, you know, if you have, um, breast cancer right now, there's a lot of hope for you. If you have certain type of cancers, there's a lot of hope. Ovarian cancer is rough because nobody knows they have it until it's pretty pretty severe. And so all the people, the um, engagement, the eye contact I was able to make with the thousands of people, because it wasn't just the runners, it was their spectators and support system, but everyone just kind of held out their heart in their hand and um, and it just felt felt like we we're all on the same page and they were some of them were hurting and some of them were celebrating success and we have so many women who come and Mioka gives them all survivor sashes. So if you have had ovarian cancer at any point, they give you this um, teal sash and that's to designate you you've been there or you're going through it and they give me <laughs> big, massive, fluffy tutu. And when I say massive, this thing is massive every year, but it's kind of now my uniform for this race. And I I love it. And to be honest with you, I am willing to do whatever it takes to make people happy on race day. So uh, I can start by just saying tutu, fine. That's, that's probably the least of the silly I've looked, but um, it is, it's amazing. And, and my first experience with this race was two years ago. I believe it was two years ago. And we had our survivors, our happy women who have been two years ovarian cancer free or 10 years. And then we had a couple of patients and I knew they were patients. They came through and they were um, balding or close to it. And, you know, I interact with the ladies. I run around on the ground at the start and finish lines and I, I grab the women with the sashes and I ask them their name and, and tell me, and they'll, they'll say I'm four, four years cancer free or I'm in treatment. And one of our friends, Heather, she was very sweet mother of two. She was going through chemo. I think she had just started chemo right before that race. And just, you know, the type of thing that takes your breath away, but she 
um, she did that race. I was so proud of her. And I met her. And then a few months later, I found out she passed away. And so that was very hard. It's uh, a little bit of a burden because I fall in love with you all. And I, I couldn't be more serious about that. When I get to work with you all and meet you in person, and whether you're sick or you're just a healthy person, you steal my heart. And I, I want to support you. And I, I just am it instantly invested and that's probably not smart but it is what it is and uh, losing Heather was a tough day and so I have a little bit of fear when I go back to this race because I think oh no I'm going to fall in love with someone else and I'm going to lose them and uh, last year we had a girl I think her name was Erica and I I hope I'm not butchering that but Erica was a very young woman I think 35 and she was in a wheelchair and her whole horde of people were um, pushing her in the wheelchair for the one mile. And Erica was very sad. She just, she looked sick. You could tell what was going on and, uh, her whole group was sick. And again, that was a hard one. I gave her a big hug and at the start and finish line, trying not to give her any germs. So you want to make life worse on her. But, um, she was a beautiful girl who, again, we lost. And, um, this year, her whole family came back, and they had shirts made in her honor, and they were very special. But t- this race, they celebrated um, her life, and they had her photo on the shirt. And so it was it was actually a really, uh, it was an easier experience because I didn't see anyone that scared me. And I hate to say I'm scared, but you know what that's like. You just don't want to lose people, and um, everybody looked like they were doing well. And Davetta, one of my favorite runners, she's been there three years. She's Her hips are um, not doing so great, I think, because of all the treatment she's undergone. But she did the race with her walker and the sunshiny smile on her face. And, you know, I really look forward to seeing these women every year. And when they show up, I take, you know, I get a little bit of whew in my mind because I, I pray that they're there. I pray that they will... Um, show up. And when they do, it means so much to me. So anyways, it's not a sad crying event. (laughs) It's just being wrapped up in this particular cause and this um, personal of a community. Again, it's not a $20,000 or a 20,000 person event. It's a 1500 person event. And it just really, really is um, a love fest. So our last finisher was Erica's mom. And so that was that was very special. But, you know, people come through the finish line celebrating, the hands up, the happy faces. The winners are always the least fun people on the course. You know, they blow through. They don't ignore, they don't acknowledge the announcer or the crowd. They just win it and move on because it's no big deal for them. But for every other finisher, it feels like a really big deal. And the smiles were big. It was a little bit damp and rainy, but... It was wonderful, and because it's a Mother's Day event, we have teams of grandmothers, mothers, daughters, three-generation teams coming through. It just is, it's awesome. So if you're anywhere near Ann Arbor on Mother's Day or you want to be there, give this one a go because it's fabulous. And so what do I do? I take little, I record videos for my mom and say, hey, mom, happy Mother's Day from Ann Arbor. She's gotten those three years in a row. And it works out just fine for us. And I've told you all this before, but I'm not a slave to Hallmark and these designated days. So my children got to celebrate me. I had a Mother's Day, I think a week later. I think we went to go see Infinity Wars, Marvel movie. That's a great way to celebrate. So we had fun. We had uh, dinner, I'm sure, or something, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. We have every day is Mother's Day when you have sweet kids like mine. 
And then the next week, I went straight back to Ann Arbor for the Ann Arbor Marathon. Now, this one's usually much earlier in the spring, but because of some date conflicts, it ended up in mid-May. But I'll tell you, this is a fantastic event, too. And what really made it fun is they placed it dead center of the University of Michigan campus. And while I'm a die-hard gator who has spent uh, the majority of my life next to this beautiful campus um, wearing nothing but orange and blue, it was really, really fun to go be, I think it's blue and maize. Uh, yeah, it's blue. It's navy and gold. I know I'm not saying right, but I believe it's go blue and maize. That's right, blue and maize. I love being a Wolverine for the weekend. I got no problem being a Wolverine. It's a very prestigious university. They pump out a lot of people with great degrees who get jobs and support themselves. So again, I'm a fan of all the universities, but this is a new twist on the Ann Arbor Marathon. Putting it um, this year, our finish line was in the center of one of the one of the football fields on campus. It wasn't the big house. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was fabulous. And uh, people got to do 13.1 or 26.2 or a 5K around Ann Arbor in the University of Michigan campus. And it's beautiful. It's full of brick and statues and athletic facilities. And they even have a hockey rink because they're northerners. Wow. Florida girl sees a hockey rink on a campus and she loses her mind. So it was fun. And what did they do? They put me in the blue and maize tutu. (laughs) So there I am shouting, go blue in the middle of UM. But it was a really fun race. Great people. Once again, I think that area is not accustomed to big time start and finish lines. I just don't think they're used to it. They have other races, but they're kind of some low-key guy on the microphone, and the music is kind of womp, womp. But they got to experience big, loud, booming music and a big, obnoxious announcer. And, you know, some of the feedback I got was, we're not accustomed to this. We haven't had someone like you or this experience here in our little town, um, which felt great for me. I love being able to bring some extra excitement that people haven't enjoyed before. And uh, the runners were fabulous. And I met a guy named, I think it was Rick Raymond. He's in his 70s, but he was running his 537th marathon. Are you kidding? 537. And he's from the Northeast. And I knew this because his wife uh, ventured over to me at the finish line to introduce herself and tell me about her husband. So when he came through, I could give him the welcome he deserved. And what I learned at that point was that they were also going to be with me the next weekend in Buffalo. Her husband was going to run the Buffalo Marathon. So we uh, we got to be nice friends, and they're a great couple. I hope I see them at future races. But there was, you know, that guy had run 500-something marathons, and then there was another guy doing his 225th marathon. Some of, some of you all are just insane <laughs> in a wonderful, wonderful way, but extremely impressive on those notes. Um, I would definitely give this race a go. Any one of the distances are really fun. If you're a Michigan fan, great. I even said that thing you're not supposed to say in Ann Arbor. I said, go green, because there were some Spartans. Um, all of my hotties were there, too. My my Northeastern hotties come out in full force. So uh, thanks to everyone and my hotties. And then there's a, a subgroup called Fitness Freaks that come out to do the races, and I couldn't be more flattered. But Um, wonderful, wonderful events. And I would just look at epicraces.com if you're in Michigan at all. And any of their races are, like I said, I would give them a go. My discount code FITSNESS, F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S, 
works for all of them. And so moving on, the next weekend was a Buffalo Marathon. And how lucky am I? I've been told that I was hired until I die or the race director goes away or something like that. But anyways, I will spend the very um, plenty of Memorial Days in Buffalo. So I hear, but this event is outstanding. It's a big time event, small town field, big, small town field, big time, big time event. And they keep making it bigger and better every single year. I've said it before, but they're the patriotism of this race is unsurpassed. Everything is red, white, and blue. I guess the red and blue are the buffalo colors, but it relays into this fantastic feeling. You know, Memorial Day, uh, Veterans Day is for those people who have served and fought for freedom that are still on this earth. Memorial Day is where we honor those we've lost. So um, while we don't, quote unquote, celebrate Memorial Day, um, it's a great weekend to celebrate American pride. And it it means something. And it definitely means something there in Buffalo. So I'm going to start with the most adorable part of our race. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to start. We have the John Beischlein 5K on Saturday morning. And many of our athletes do the 5K on Saturday and then the half or the full on Sunday. But that's a wonderful, wonderful event. And if you're a starter, if you just want to get involved and you're in that area, the 5K is a perfect place to start. It's non-serious, and I like that. We've got some hustlers that are out there, and they do their 5K in 17, 18 minutes. Good for them. But then, you know, the fun people start after you hit that 30-minute mark. So we had a really good time. That 5K is beautiful. And then, uh, then we went to the kids' races, and I call them the baby buffaloes. But holy mackerel, just oozing with enthusiasm and spirit. These baby buffaloes are cute stuff. We actually have, I think our first age division is two and under. So half of the kids are just learning to walk and they, they do their little 50, 50 yard dash perhaps. It's adorable. We didn't have any tears this year. I don't think last year I would tell them no crying. And then the second I'd say go, they all just cried or many of them did. Last year we had a kid lose his pants, literally his jeans around his ankle, his diaper sticking out as he was charging towards the finish line, but so, so cute. And we go up to, I believe 12, but here's, here's the very most special thing about these races, or at least this year, we have Footsteps of Western New York, uh, which is an organization that supports those with cerebral palsy. Oh, and we had several kids come through with their walking devices, and um, you want your heart to explode, just this is it. Because these kids are doers. These kids don't have limitations. I know they struggle in their day-to-day activities, but when given the opportunity to play, to be involved, their smiles couldn't have been any bigger. There was no fear on their faces where you sitting at home might think, oh, maybe I can't do a 5K. I don't know if I'm good enough or if I'll win and I'll feel stupid if I'm last. These kids were last every time. I assure you, they were last and they were the happiest. They charged watching their little knees come up and their smiles and just every step radiated pride and excitement. And it took every ounce of my being not to wrap my arms around them because that would have been totally inappropriate um, and smooch their little faces once again completely inappropriate but Jackson and I think it was Emily 
I, I just want to relive those moments with those kids again and again because it it meant something. And so again, if you're a lucky person who doesn't have to overcome any of these huge obstacles and you look in the newspaper and you see there's a 5K coming up for crying out loud, give it a go and find a way to be as proud as these kids are who have braces on their little legs and you know, they're they're using devices to get them to go, but they're going and they're so excited to be able to do so. So, you know, that is, it makes me beam with pride that I am able to share, to be on the same course with them, you know, to be able to be the one to say their name and pour on the love they deserve. It's a very, very meaningful opportunity for me. And I, I hope you use them as the encouragement, the motivation, the kick in the can that you need to get yourself up and going because these kids, boy, they don't know boundaries. They don't know, they don't need to know shame for all of us that are being embarrassed over our knees and they just are thrilled to be able to go. You know, it's, uh, that's living. That is living. So, so I'm so happy now. You should see the stupid face, smile on my face, just thinking of these people. But so, 5K is great. The baby buffaloes are outstanding. And then, I don't know if it gets any better, but it gets even better because we have our first annual Ruffalo Stampede where we literally have 201 dogs registered to do their 1K with their family. And it was... so much fun. It was so much fun. And, you know, the race director, Greg Weber, had reached out to me maybe four or five months ago and said, Fitz, what do you think about doing a dog race, a race for the canines? So I thought about it and I came back and I said, only if you call it the Ruffalo Stampede. He said, that's it. So he did. And he called, I think it was in April. He goes, Fitz, what should I do? We, I ordered enough rewards and bandanas and things for 250 dogs, but we have 100 sign up. And I don't know if we should do it. It might be too much. I say, Greg, if people want to keep coming, you should let them come. Well, I don't know. Or just, it might be chaos. I said, well, let them go in waves. But let them go if these people want to have the opportunity. And they were raising money to purchase another um, canine for the Buffalo Police Department who just lost um, Officer Laner back in the fall. He dived, died during a scuba diving training incident. And his dog, Shield, was left behind, transferred to another police officer. Anyways, they were doing something really good with the money, and so many people wanted to take part. I thought, just let them do it. And so thankfully, (laughs) Greg yielded to my pressure and probably other people's, and he's just a great decision maker. But um, he allowed 200, not the 250, but 201. And I tell you what, we had every type of dog imaginable. In fact, right right with me at the start line, there was a pack of about five St. Bernards and one of them had one of them was at least 180 pounds and then there was the toy chihuahuas the dobermans the rottweilers the shepherds the, all the mutts there were five dogs that were up for adoption and they had these orange vests and these orange leashes that said adopt me and we got to you know tell all the fans the spectators the participants hey take another dog home these dogs could use a loving family. And so anyways, it was really funny at the start. They were all just cute. There was not one growl, not one ugly, mean dog look amongst all of them. And I think this is my theory is that people that care enough to sign their dog up and take them to a race 
probably care enough to train them properly and raise really nice dogs. And so we had this huge group of really sweet, loving, well-behaved dogs. And uh, they were just cute. The funniest thing I thought was when I had, uh, I played the anthem. We didn't have a singer for that race. So I played the Leanne Rhymes version. And some of the dogs were just howling, <laughs> howling along with the anthem, which was really cute. But um, when I said start, they all took off with their super happy, proud owners, as you can imagine, taking your dog and your pride and joy around the streets of Buffalo. I think this Ruffalo Stampede is going to have a thousand dogs next year. And Greg Weber, if you're listening, Rich Clark, if you're listening, we can handle it. Let it go. Let these people get the opportunity because it's an awesome one. It really, really was that good. So I got to go over to the finish line and um, we didn't have names, so I just knelt down in the middle of the finish line. It was cute. So many of the dogs came over to give me a little kiss, a little high five, a little get a little pet on their way through. One of the dogs very enthousi- enthusiastically jumped up to kiss me and just pow, hit me in my nose with his nose really hard. And I thought, oh my gosh, I got my nose broken. But uh, my nose was not broken. It was more funny than anything else. It was, I got struck and all the f- spectators went, oh, like that. I think they thought the uh, bossy blonde noisy lady was going down for the count, but uh, it was fantastic. And then we had those three dogs, bomb detection dogs from the Buffalo Police Department took part. They they came in last. It was very regal. And then Greg and Rich uh, presented the $10,000 check for their department, which means so much to a police department to have money to buy another dog when necessary. And I believe they'll get to name the dog as well. That's usually how things go. The donor gets to pick a name. So the next day we've got the marathon and the half marathon. And I can tell you that it is worth the trip. Absolutely worth the trip. The start line in downtown Buffalo, the a a statue that looks like the Washington Monument on one side of the start line. On the other side, right beyond the start line, there's two fire trucks hoisting a massive American flag up in the air. We have fireworks throughout the anthem. We have fireworks at the start. It is big time fun. I've driven the course. I have not run it, but I've gotten to see it. You roll through beautiful cities, neighborhoods, not cities, beautiful neighborhoods. It's got a very nice charm to it, Buffalo. You can tell the age of the city by the beauty and the architecture. They run through um, a port with a big ship that has the water spewing off the top. Just a bunch of cool, cool things. And of course, I have a hell of a good time at the finish line because we've got the music booming. The spectators are over-the-top enthusiastic the entire time, and uh, I just really enjoyed being with every all these happy, happy people and what they did, the timing company I'm giving extra props to, because the timing company, what they do is they keep track of when you cross the start, the finish line, the little um, tracking points in between 5K, 10K, etc., but they also let me know who's about to cross the finish line when. And quite often I get this little computer screen and um, I got to do my best kind of squint to see your name, your hometown, your age, which race you're participating. But they set up these massive, massive flat screen TVs for me. Huge, the kind that you only wish were in your living room. And so I was able to stand on the course down with the runners, see their names, call them out. I got to run Joey Jones, Lori Weiner through their finish line. Um, 
Dave Dunkowski. I got Sheen Marcus came through. Beth got sick, so she wasn't able. But, um, oh, it was just wonderful. So Buffalo Marathon, you got to put it on your list. They even have this wonderful post-race party. I got the tail end of it last year. I normally don't get to check out the finish line festivals because I'm still working until the very last finisher comes through. But um, they it's unlimited pizza, beer, and other things for the finishers and their families. Unlimited. Normally, you get a little ticket that says you get one beer. Congrats. This one is... You know, you could really get <laughs> you could get sloshed at the Buffalo Marathon finish line party. So I'm not encouraging that. But one of our highlights is we have um, a firefighter who, who came dressed in full gear, did the full marathon, pushing a um, deputy, a retired deputy, deputy from Louisiana. They're both from Louisiana, but she was injured on the job leaving a friend's funeral. Her car was crushed by a tree. She was in her police car with her fiance, who was also a deputy. The tree that fell killed him, left her paralyzed. And um, this hero of a firefighter, they both flew up together so he could push her through the Buffalo Marathon. So um, if, if you've not seen something special and inspiring lately, Get your can out to a race because I tell you, the good stuff just keeps coming and coming and coming. So I'm excited to be back there next year. You can count on that discount code FITZNESS, F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S, working for that. The rates are as low as they're going to be right now. So I would definitely say sign up if that Ruffalo Stampede is available for registration. Get there too. Um, But I'm a lucky girl. I'm very lucky I get to work for such wonderful organizations and cater to such wonderful athletes. We've just had... It's good. As you can tell, right? It's goodness times a thousand. Now, to the very ungood news that I'm um, not very happy to share. So many of you know that I have a goat, Goat Fitz, and um, he was given to me in Valentine's Day of 2017 when he was born. And so the, the deal is, it's with a name like Fitz, you know, I tell all my friends who are pregnant, I say, oh, she, you should name your baby Fitz. And of course, they never, ever will. Um, but my friends, John and Cheryl, they have a non-working farm on their property and they had a baby goat born and they named him Fitz, a little billy goat, white, like the snow. And, uh, on Valentine's day last year, I got a picture (laughs) on Facebook that said, Hey, congratulations. Fitz was born. So I went straight out there. And when I first saw him in this little manger, I, I would have gone in, but he almost looked, you know how infants are so helpless when I went in, I thought maybe he was dead. He was so helpless, but he wasn't. He was just an infant, and so he was just adorable. I went back the next day, and Cheryl was there, and I got to pick him up, and he instantly fell asleep in my arms, and I just fell in love. And um, what I didn't know before about goats is they're very personable, very charismatic, very smart about 85% of a dog. That's what I'd give them. If I could potty train them, I'd put them in dog category. Um, but Fitz became rapidly became a very special part of my life and one of the highlights of my weeks. I love being outdoors. I love animals and having this little um, special place to go and be with all the animals. And Cheryl and John said that I was welcome anytime. And I can say that most of the times I've been there, they have not. I just go help myself to the farm And um, Fitz was just as, you know, I'm really good at getting things to do what I want them to do. And I was shocked. He did tricks for me. I have videos online 
Um, he would come when called, follow me all over the place. We'd go for little walks around the farm. And um, I think he loved me too. So, you know, I was his person and he was mine. And um, we've had a really special relationship for a very long time. About a year ago, he had to be moved into the billy goat pen with Rocky. Rocky's a bigger, black, handsome goat because the goats are crazy sex monsters. And whenever the boys have access to the girls, you end up with baby goats down the road. And you can just only do that so much. So um, I would go in and spend time with Fitz and Rocky. And over, I'd say the past six months, Fitz's horns have gotten pretty big. And I stopped letting him sit on my lap because he used to, I would sit down and he would just jump on my lap because because that's what he did. But I stopped letting him sit on my lap because I thought he's going to skewer me. He just kind of waves that crazy goat head around and I'm going to get it. So we've um, we've still been able to play and interact. And I've shared so many pictures of him and videos with him because he's just the best. Fun, fun, fun. And when I've traveled, I've missed him. You know, it's interesting. I, of course, want to be with my children and my dog and my family all the time. But you know, when I go away, I can FaceTime them. I can't FaceTime the goat. And the, he provided this very special comfort, you know, for a girl who deals with a lot of travel and high-tech situations, a lot of computer work and stuff. Being with him really meant a lot to me, as well as all of the farm friends. So anyway, Tuesday, the 26th, June 26th, I got a text from Cheryl. Cheryl wasn't even at home. She was in Atlanta with her daughter's and um, the teenager who was feeding the animals that morning um, called her with some bad news and said that Fitz wasn't moving. And she thought he was dead. And so uh, Cheryl called me, and I didn't answer. I guess my ringer was off. But then I, I got these texts right in the morning that said, Fitz, I'm so sorry to let you know that um, Fitz has died, and we don't know what happened. And so I just kind of got up in robot mode and went over and, um, you know, without going into too much graphic detail, he had died. And um, it was awful, just awful. So I lost somebody that I love very, very much. I can tell you that um, I think it was an accident. We, he was healthy, so there wasn't any reason for him to die. And he was young. But he and Rocky, over their, their time together, they've always been playing. In fact, again, I have videos up on my Instagram and fitness channels where you'll see the goats rear up on their back legs and boom, crash into each other with their horns. And that's what they do. Um, so there's a chance that perhaps Fitz was struck and uh, it was head trauma. And, and Rocky, I'll, I'm going to give Rocky credit. Rocky is much bigger and stronger than Fitz. He's the alpha goat in that pen. And he could have hurt Fitz on any given day, but he didn't want to. He was always playing gentle. So I believe if he accidentally, you know, hit Fitz too hard, it was an accident. Um, and then the other thing that could have happened was, you know, about a month ago, I was at the farm and the goats were playing. So I stayed outside of the billy goat pen. I didn't go in yet. And they were, you know, smashing into each other. And then at some point, Fitz's head got stuck in Rocky's horns and his neck was bent over to the side and I'm on the side yelling Rocky let him go let him go and they're they were just stuck and so I had to hurdle the fence to get into um release fits because I thought perhaps he would have his neck broken and so that's another option but nonetheless just a tragedy just a tragedy I loved him 
Um, and I know you guys, many of you did too, because he was fun to follow. He, I, I've shared a lot of great pictures with my little rascally guy, and you guys have been so sweet. I can't tell you how many times people have asked, how's your goat? How's your goat? And they all think he lives at my house. He doesn't. He lives at Cheryl and John's. He was my namesake, but he was mine and he was theirs. And they'll tell you the same. But your adoration of Fitz has really meant a lot to me because he's been, you know, just this fun part of my life. And I've been actually so proud of my goat, which maybe that sounds silly because he's just a goat, but he's more than just a goat. He was my goat. And um, I I will definitely miss him. And Tuesday was a hard day. But you know what? It's um, I, I've learned because I've seen some of the other animals pass away out there that that's part of farm life. So I'm trying to, you know, realize that I was just lucky to have him. And um, I, I have a really hard time making a big pity party over me because I've been, I just lost my friend Charlene Malloy. She had pancreatic cancer and she was 51 when she died. And she has two beautiful children. Marissa's 19 and Garrett's 14. Her husband, Garrett, her husband, Glenn, is, you know, one of those fairy tale husbands. And um, I met Charlene because Garrett played for the soccer team I coached. And they quickly became family. You know, I coached their son for probably five years. And then her husband started coaching with me. And um, when she was diagnosed, she, I said, Char- Charlene, however I can help, I want to. And so we started... I would take her for walks and we would do lunges and things. Not that that beats cancer, but on any given day, doing any given thing, being stronger is better than being weaker. So going into this battle healthier and fitter was a good game plan. And and to be honest with you, took her mind off things and we got to have a lot of quality time together. And um, since her treatment began and she was you know knocked out of the option of exercising, I've had the luxury of driving her to go watch Garrett's middle school soccer games and taking her to some appointments and just spending wonderful time with her. And so um, she's a huge loss. You know, those kids who no longer have a mother, that's a huge loss. And my goat, I love my goat, but it, it really feels wrong to be over dramatic and pity party um, because I lost my goat when, uh, you know, Garrett and Marissa no longer have a mom. So, you know, I love them. I've had some loss, but... I also have some really good things. I got to take my kids to the gym today. I get to spend weekends working for the most amazing people in the world. So if I send nothing more with you today other than a few great suggestions for races is, you know, please do life. You know, go get them. Think of those kids with CP that are still doing the races. There's no reason that shouldn't be you. You know, there's a lot of opportunity to have a pity party because your boss was a jerk or your spouse cheated or whatever it is. Try and get over stuff quickly because you only get one life. And, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. I always worried about getting hit by a bus. That seems to be my greatest fear. But stuff happens and um, you got to be ready to roll with the punches. There's a time to legitimately grieve and, and by all means, take it. But bounce back, bounce back and be strong, be mighty, be an advocate for your freaking self, pursue joy, because that's, that's what this is all about. I'm helping you get a healthier body so you can live long, but I want you to live well. Living well not only comes from not being, having disease and pain, living well comes from making good decisions and having fun and associating with great people and choosing to participate in life. So, um... So yeah, even my little goat, 
has some little lessons to share. Um, and just to let you know, I went back to that farm yesterday and I could have avoided it. I could have been that girl that said, no, it's too hard to go back to the farm. But I went there and I brought carrots and all of the other animals gave me lots and lots of love. And that donkey, Edie, man, she wouldn't lay off. Even after the carrots were gone, that donkey put her big donkey head on mine and insisted that I love her. And I did. So I lost some special things, but I still have a lot of special things. And so Edie, Edie forced me to have big love yesterday. And I'm so grateful I went out there to get it. So anyways, that's, that's what's going on with me. <laughs> the races, I really do hope you'll make it out to one of the races I'm hosting. In fact, check out um, the USS Battle Series, August 18th. I'll be hosting the Battle at Sea on the USS Iowa in San Pedro, California, right outside Los Angeles. That is an epic functional fitness competition. Um, in honor of our military veterans and first responders and anyone can participate it's an absolute blast and a nice way to step outside of your box if all you do is run and i'm gonna leave it for there guys i love you all um i couldn't say that more vehemently i love you all please take off your pants and take off your long sleeve shirts get those tank tops and short shorts on and get to work take care everybody bye Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run